whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things and in Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have the preeminence. Wow! Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Sure. We're going to have to get a venue so that we can have worship nights that don't have time limits. Because... I just wanted to keep going. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. You are good. You are God. Okay, I'm going to run through. I want to tell us again just the framing because we always have new people and we all need to remember what we are busy with and what we're doing. But I'm going to do it very quickly today because I want to get to the meat. So just quickly on the slides, run for me there through the, the foundations that we're talking about. We... We started with repentance, we spoke on salvation, we, we spoke on faith, and we finished with faith last week. Not that there's an end to any of these subjects, <laughs> and there's always more scriptures that are relevant, but today we're going to get into lordship and obedience, and then after this we're going to talk about baptism. What is it? What, is it? what does it mean? What, is, what does the Bible say about baptism of water, baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about spiritual family, and we're going to talk about discipleship. And why are we doing this? We're doing this because it impacts who we are, our identity, and that in return impacts our marriage, our parenting, our community, and our purpose. Right? Was that quick enough? Did you get through all of them? <laughs> okay. All right. So today we're going to talk about the Lordship. I almost, I'm going to I feel like God wants us to first establish what it means that He is Lord, Christ, and King. And then next week, we're going to talk about what does that mean to us? How do we react to this? How should we react to this as children of God? So does that make sense? Okay. So the Bible teaches that Jesus is Lord, that He is Christ, and that He is King. And we're going to look at where that is said, and then we're going to delve into what it means. And then next week, as I said, we're going to look at the reaction that we should have, because we have one of two reactions to this. It's either submission or rebellion. There's no, really, there's no other way. You either submit to God or you rebel against God. I know you don't want to hear that, but I, have, I made this picture to help us understand the, put up the next picture there, the ship one. So, 
I like words, I like puns, and I, I like imagery. So I hope this helps you as well. You won't even be able to see it, but on that little boat, it says ownership. So I want you to get this picture because you're either, you're either on the lordship or you're on your own ship. Okay? That is, and that's the difference. It's even bigger than that. But I want you to get some kind of idea. Are you ready to jump on board the lordship? That's so cheesy, but you know, it, it, it helps. It helps to get a picture. Okay, you can take it off. It's fine. We all worship something. We all serve something. It's either the living God, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, or it's ourselves, or another God that doesn't exist, that is actually in return serving ourselves. And if we serve ourselves, we're actually serving the enemy, because we're playing right into His plans. So we're either serving God or we're serving the enemy. The question is who or what do each of us submit to? What are we really submitting to every day? The Bible says you're a slave to the thing you serve. So what are we a slave to? Who or what is your master? When speaking about money and tithing, Jesus himself said you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is the God of money. You cannot serve both. You will either hate the one and love the other. And that's, that's, the, that's a principle in that as well. You are serving something. The question is, what? There's a well-known saying that some of you may know that says, Jesus is either Lord of all or not Lord at all. And that refers to how you see Him. But I've, I've been thinking about that saying... And do you think that if you decide that he's not Lord of your life, that he suddenly stops being Lord? He doesn't, right? It's almost the same way that we think when we really believe something that is not true, that it is true. Have you ever argued with someone that the facts are clear? The evidence is there. It's very obvious that they are not right. But they're just like, no, I believe it. It is true. I'm like, but... You've, there's nothing backing you up. Nothing. But you still believe it. And they think because they believe it, it will become true. Now, I'm not talking about when we believe something by faith that we've been talking about. I'm talking about someone who's completely delusional about something else. <laughs> we know, we've had those discussions where you look at someone and you go, yeah, I don't know how to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> we've been speaking about faith. And part of that, that was to establish that if we are indeed Christians, and when I say Christian, I, I need you to know, and when we say Christian in Love Key, it is short for the real kind of Christian that is truly, truly repented, born again, stepped out into salvation by grace through faith, lives for Jesus, that kind of Christian. I don't want to say that every time, but we need to. <laughs> In this world, because there are many types of Christians out there. But we need to know that we believe, when we believe that the Word of God is the Word of God, we need to apply faith to it. Last week we said the Word of God comes, we need to believe it and act on it. You remember? And that is so important. Otherwise, it's just the Word of God. God sends out His Word, 
and it will establish what he purposed for it to establish. But the question on whether that's going to be established in each of our lives depends on whether we choose to believe and act. I think we established that well last week. So, as we read the following passages, and there are many of them, I'm just getting you ready. There's a lot of scripture today, a lot. But there's a reason for that, and that is because I believe the scripture, God's word, is going to just come like a tsunami wave and hit our spirit being so powerfully that we are going to walk out of here today going, wow, Jesus, he really is Lord, Christ and King. That is what I want to see on all of your faces today. Don't fake it. I want to encourage each and every one of us to allow this scripture to, to work in us so that we can have an encounter with God through His Word. Allow the Spirit to speak to you through these passages. Let the truth of the Bible permeate through the whole being and saturate all of who you are. That is what it means to be good soil. Jesus spoke about the sower who sows seed and it falls on different types of soil. I want you to choose to be good soil today. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. All right. The Word of God brings life, clarity, and freedom when we are focused on receiving it, making our hearts good soil for the seed of His Word. All right, so let's jump into this. These scriptures are scriptures that establish and confirm that Jesus is indeed Lord, Christ, and King. We're going to go through these scriptures, and then I'm going to bring them together in a way, talk about what does that mean and then I have another subject called all things. I'm going to show you something amazing about Jesus under that. All right. Are you ready? Do you have your Bibles? Okay. Are you excited? Acts 2 verse 36. Therefore, let all of the house of Israel know assuredly that God, that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. That's in the sermon that Peter did where 3,000 people came to Jesus. After the Spirit, Holy Spirit was poured out on them, he preached, and that's one of the things he said. And then just after that, it, says, it cut them to their hearts, and they said, what should we do? Revelation 1, as I said earlier, starts with saying that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation 17, 14, it speaks here of, it says, these will make war. It refers to... Just the previous picture in that passage, it speaks about the kings on the horns of the beast. All right? Don't get nightmares. This is in the Bible. But there are kings that are on the horns of the beast that is fighting against God and his people. Now, these will make war with the lamb, Jesus. And the lamb will overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And those who are with him, us, are called Chosen and faithful. Woo! Yes, please. Revelation 19, verse 11 to 16. That's the one I read earlier. I want this to sink in really deeply in our spirit beings. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he sat on him, was and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. Other names for Jesus. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. 
His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Just try to picture that. They must, I mean, this is incredible. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. It's the second time we're hearing about the sword. What does the Bible say in Ephesians 6? Is this the sword? It's the word of God, the spirit of God. He is the word. That with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. The next part. Paul is talking to Timothy about the love of money. He's saying, 1 Timothy 16 to 16. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. So we can be, be saved, born again. But riches can draw us away from Christ if we are not careful. And it pierced them through with many sorrows. Most people think if I'm rich, I'll be happy. But this says it can take you away from Jesus and pierce you with many sorrows. It can. But you, O man of God, he's talking to Timothy now, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. What does it sound like? Galatians 5.22. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Remember we spoke recently about eternal life. Who wants to live forever? To which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Listen to this. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. That you keep this command without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. What is the command? Flee from these things. Flee from the temptation of riches. That's what he's saying. Until, until when? Lord Jesus Christ appearing, which he will manifest in his own time. He decides. He who is the blessed and only potentate, that means sovereign almighty God is potentate, The King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, with whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Wow. John 18, verse 37. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Are you of the truth? Then you will hear his voice. Romans 10 verse 9 to 13. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you confess that he is Lord. In your heart, in your uh, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Matthew 16, verse 15 to 17. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. The revelation of him who is the Christ comes supernaturally from the Father. Luke 4, 40 to 41. When the sun was setting, all, all those who had any that were sick and with various diseases, the sun is setting, it's getting dark. They are bringing these people to Jesus. And he laid hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. That's an interesting picture. Even the demons know. Matthew 23, verse 8. For you do not be... He's, uh, Jesus here is speaking to the Pharisees. He's rebuking them. He's saying, but you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ. And you are all Brethren, I'm very tempted to go into the whole discussion of titles, but we won't do that. Acts 5, Acts 5 verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. This is the moment I shared with you recently where the, the disciples were preaching Jesus. They were caught by the Jews and brought before the council. They were beaten with rods. They went out rejoicing, saying, Woohoo! We were counted worthy to suffer for Christ. And then they kept preaching Jesus the Christ. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Okay, so that's a few scriptures establishing that Jesus is Lord, Christ, and King. Are you with me? Do you agree? If you're a Christian and you've just read the scriptures, you should believe that He is. Otherwise, we'll quickly get you saved. Don't worry, we'll sort that out. No, right now, man. The next thing I wanted to talk to you about is all things. I want you to put up that slide with the map, please. Jesus has authority, ownership, and dominion over all things. And listen to this. He is the origin of all things. Some of you are going, I don't know if you can say that. I will show you from Scripture. If you are a Christian... You will believe the scripture and this will be a revelation to you. He is, has all authority, all ownership, all dominion, and everything originates from him. Let's go to the scriptures. John 1 verse 3. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Nothing. 
Nothing. Everything was made through him. Come on. All things. It doesn't say some things. All things. Everything you see, touch, feel, the spiritual realm, everything. John 13, verse 3 to 5. Jesus, I love this piece of scripture. John 13, verse 3 to 5. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. This is what Jesus knows. This is pre-crucifixion. He knows the Father has given him all things. And that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which, with, with which he was girded. If you knew that you just inherited a hundred million rand and it, all of it's yours, of course you're going to give 10% to the church, but you know, <laughs> if you knew that is yours, is the first thing you're going to do to serve people or is the first thing you're going to do buy everything you've always wanted? Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. And Jesus came. This is what's called the Great Commission moment. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. From that authority I now tell you, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Colossians 1, verse 15 to 18. Please, if you haven't been focusing, focus right now. This is huge. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have the preeminence. Wow! Some of you don't get it. Because if you did, you would be on the floor. This is huge. Ephesians 1 from verse 19 to 23. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe? According to the working of His mighty power which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him in His right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put 
all things under his feet and gave him the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Hebrews 2.10, for it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory. Listen to this. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Do you see a pattern? Everybody shout all things. All things. All things. I don't think you get it. Everything. Is by Him, for Him, to Him. Created by Him. Originates with Him. He is all. He owns all. He has all. And He holds it all together. You are part of that all. Each and every one of us is part of that all. Your life. Your circumstances. The challenges you face. The promises you have from God. The faith you have. The fears. The doubts. The worries you have. The illness you may be struggling with, the financial challenges you face, the addiction you're battling, he knows about it and he's above all of it. He is above all of it. Ephesians 6 tells us we do not battle flesh and blood, but spiritual principalities, all these things. What does what this just said told us? He created all of those things. What does it mean? He's greater than all of those things. So if we go into spiritual battle or we struggle with something and we think it's not possible, what are we doubting? We're doubting who Jesus is. We don't really believe. He is Lord. He is Christ. And He is King. All things are for Him and to Him and from Him. He is Jesus. What is Lord? What does it mean? What is a Lord? It is someone who has authority over you. If someone is your Lord, they have authority over you. They are your boss. They are your master. They control you. That is what a Lord is. Would you agree? What does Christ mean? Christ means the anointed one. Anointed for a purpose. The one who has been appointed for a certain task marked to fulfill a specific calling. It is a word that has gone out from God that will not return to Him void. That is who Christ is. That is what Christ means, the, the anointed one. The Jews were offended when they called Him the Christ because they knew what it meant. It means the same as Messiah. This, the, the one anointed sent for this specific purpose. The one that they were waiting for. But they didn't associate what their expectation of him was with who he was, how he presented. And I think some of us may struggle with the same thing. Some of us may, may fall in the pharisaical way of thinking that, you know, I was sold a Jesus that's like this, but the Jesus I'm encountering is, is like this, and something is wrong. Let's not fall into that trap. What does the Bible say? What does God say? What is the Holy Spirit ministering to me? What is a king? A king is someone who rules and reigns over a kingdom. What is, where does the word kingdom come from? A king's domain, an area, 
A kingdom is a certain domain, and, and what is it filled by? People. God's kingdom is people. What is a lord? Someone who has authority over a person. So he's king over the domain, and he's lord over each and every one of us. Can you see that? Okay. A lord is over all things. You know, a lord is lord over all things in your life if he is your lord. A king rules over all things in his kingdom, and the title of king is usually received from the royal bloodline and inherited from the father. It gives him it. It gives it legitimacy. Jesus received his title as king from the father, and that gives him legitimacy. And authority is given by the one who has it to give. You cannot get authority that that person can't give you. God the Father purposes for His Son Jesus to have all authority because of His sacrifice He made for us. The Bible has many references to why He was raised to glory. It was because He was willing to pay the ultimate price. When He was battling in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood, he made a choice for us. And because He made that ultimate choice, ultimate sacrifice, that is why God the Father raised Him to this place. Here's a question. If someone is Lord over you and King over you, does your opinion of them and your obedience or lack of obedience to them affect their Lordship or Kingship status? I think some of us maybe feel like that sometimes in our, with our government. <laughs> they are placed over us, but we definitely don't agree with everything that's happening. But does that change the fact that they are the government, that they are in power? No, it doesn't. There are other things that can change that, but that principle is here as well. Do you think Jesus gets off the throne when, when you... I, I remember being in a youth church and they, they're telling us, you need to put Jesus on the throne of your life. And that makes, made sense to me. Like, either I'm on the throne of my life doing my own thing, or Jesus is on the throne of my life. But if I take him off the throne of my life, does that mean he gets off the throne? If things go wrong and looks bad, is Jesus off of the throne of our country? Do you really believe that? Great. I'm going to preach to other people. So, if Jesus... <laughs> Do you think humans are capable of circumventing Jesus' authority, ownership, and dominion with disobedience or rebellion? Should I read that again? Do you think us as humans are capable of circumventing His authority, ownership, and dominion with disobedience or rebellion? Do you think it is shaken? His authority. Do you think it's shaken by the unwillingness of people to follow His ways? To follow His word? No. He remains Lord, Christ, and King. No matter what you or I or anyone else thinks, says, or does, He remains Lord, Christ, and King. So, what is in the balance is whether we align ourselves with this Lord, Christ, and King of the kingdom that we're in or not in. And we will get into that next week.
For now, I want to take time for us to reflect and respond to all of these amazing, powerful scriptures. I want you to really let those scriptures wash over you, become a part of who you are. If you're not yet convinced that Jesus is Lord Christ and King, I want to ask you to take a moment and ask Holy Spirit to help you get the revelation. I really believe God is telling us that this is pivotal for our faith walk to realize, to have a full um, revelation of what this means. And I hope that it will change the way we think, the way we make decisions, the way we start every day and end every day. We will get into that more next week, but for now, let us stand together. The first thing some of us may need to do is to just repent that Jesus, I had a wrong idea of who you are. I tried to pigeonhole you. I tried to define you in a way that makes sense to me. Let us just repent. Say, Lord, any attempt that I've ever had to understand you, to describe you, to define you, doesn't even come close. Just decree and declare over your life, you are Lord over my life. You are the Christ who was appointed to be king over my life. And I submit. I surrender to you. I'm not going to say anything for about a minute or two. And I just want you to close your eyes and focus on Jesus. And ask Holy Spirit to come and show you something that you've never seen before that you've never realized before about what it means that he is lord christ and king kingdom of God is a kingdom. It is not a democracy. We have fellowship. We have relationship with the king. Yes. And we can co-labor with him in his kingdom. But he remains king. We do not decide how the kingdom is run. We choose to from loving him align with his ways Jesus said in John 14 15 if you love me you will keep my commandments if we truly love Jesus Lord Christ and King of our lives we will humbly submit to his ways let us choose today 
Let's say it together. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, today I choose to make you Lord, Christ, and King over all things in my life. No longer my will be done, but your will be done. In my life, in my marriage, maybe in my future marriage, in my family, in my circle of friends, at work, and with everyone else that I come in contact with. They will know that my King is Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I love you guys so much. And I love Jesus so much. And I just know that He did something powerful in this place today. I hope that on some level, all of you are wrecked in a good way. That you are blown away by how big He is. And I want to encourage you, don't ever try to understand Him. But always grow in your understanding of Him. can't wait for next week I love church I love doing church with you may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you in Jesus name thank you thank you thank you to those online thank you so much God bless you and we'll see you next week thank you so much for listening to the love key church podcast message of the week I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.